Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. We are on a Monday, 6th of November, 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, we are here till 11. Pat Micheletti on hockey. We got a lot to get to with him after that Gopher Bulldog series. That'll be at about uh, 1035 or so here this morning. As usual, we start by talking Bulldog football on Mondays. And joining us, the voice of the Bulldogs, Jeff Papis. Good morning, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? No, not too bad. Not too bad. Good uh, good game, good win. Interesting times. Kind of love it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I amused on, on the Twitter machine, Kyle Wall Jasper catching a pass in space with blockers. If I'm a defender, I, I would have run the other way. Yeah. Well, I would have bothered. As a matter of fact, <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like. Uh, that, uh, like there have been no chance of me making any effort to make that tackle. You go no. ahead and score, sir. You you all drew up a good play. You got us. Uh, congratulations. We're going to move on to the next thing. Correct. And yeah, they well, they're creative. They always have been. Always will be. Uh, I don't know if there's something that happened in that uh, second half or not, but it's kind of a bad tempered ball game too. Uh, some things that uh, you know, a lot unnecessary roughness, a lot of stuff after the whistle, things like that. Things you wouldn't expect from Concordia, but uh, but they happened, and it was. Interesting second half. Kept on your toes. And sometimes, you know, and you know this, we've all been doing this long enough that sometimes a game, you you might expect that type of thing to happen sometimes, and then it doesn't. And then there's times like, well, these teams are always I – mean, yes, they play they play hard, they play intense, and, and they, they're trying to win, and we get that. But they're always respectful to one another. I can think of some right. UMD Denver games have gotten off the rails a little bit. I'm like, that's odd for these two teams. But it does happen. Sometimes a game will just take on a personality like that. Well, it does. I know uh, there was an incident at, uh, at halftime that involved me that uh... – it was might have showed a little bit about of uh, the the uh, intensity that was going on. Uh, you know, the Concordia coaches lost their ability to communicate. Their uh, whatever equipment they used uh, failed to function. Oh, so they were looking. They were looking for options, and one of the options that they that they thought was a good idea was to bang on my door during the halftime interview, and uh, and and see if I could help them in any way. Oh. <laughs> um, so it was <laughs> it was pretty unusual, I guess. Um, and I, I guess I've, I've never seen that. There's, you know, I've been doing this 40 years now, not with UMD, but, you know, overall. Yeah. And I've never had that happen before. I've never had a coach try to, you know, to, to interrupt my broadcast before. And then one of theirs did. Were, were, so, you, uh, were you able to help him? <laughs> um, I was able to point him. I, I, I was looking for Kelly Gerges Wheeler, who, was, of course, runs the press box as the sports information director. And she wasn't immediately available, so I was able to steer him towards Gary Holquist, thank God. Okay. Well, it's better than nothing. I mean, you know, but I, I've learned over the years, technical savvy is not necessarily my strong suit. Um, I, I can I can get through things if I have to, but it's not it's not my forte. And yeah. I, in fact, I found that out again the hard way on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, it's you can always find somebody who knows more than you do, and in my case, it wouldn't be difficult. No, mine neither. I'm no one's broadcast engineer. You yeah. know that. So does Tyler. So that's uh, we we figure it out eventually. But we were yeah. able to 
you know, you, you think of it as you're you're serving a host function too there. So right. you you know yeah. you need to try to do, do the right thing. But it was just it was weird, and it sort of spilled over onto the field. I mean, there's they they had uh, you know Kurt had his twos in, and then all of a sudden the ones are back in uh, after Concordia puts their ones back in the game, and uh, you know they're they're calling timeout with a minute and a half to go down. You know, sixteen, eighteen points, trying to get into the end zone again. And it's like this is this is weird. Some of the etiquette things are not being observed. Yeah. And uh, but, man, the game's over. Bulldogs won. Life is good. Yeah, exactly. Forty-four uh, thirty-two, the final. Uh, Kyle Wall Jasper three touchdown passes and throws in a receiving touchdown just for funsies. Why not? Uh, Jimmy DeRocher, a thirty-four yard kind of one of those uh, throwback screen plays. That you see mm-hmm. a lot of teams running, and in this case, it was the wide receiver throwing the football to the quarterback, who, as I said, had blockers in front of him, and the defense had no chance. I mean, just... there was there was a stretch of about uh, five minutes in that game where Will Jasper was the Bulldogs' leading rusher, passer, and receiver, <laughs> and, and that was kind of an interesting statistical anomaly. But yeah, they. Uh, I would have gone to keep it that way. I, I would, if I'm calling plays. I would have tried to keep it that way the rest of the game because that would have been hilarious. Yes, would have been super fun. But, but, uh, and he, he threw it well too. Yeah, Dialed which it. is good. So, that, yeah. that, that's what you need to see is that continued development from him. You know, throwing the football and and the defense obviously in the first half was on point. Things got weird after that, but you know the the, the first team defense holds them to eight point eleven points. Whatever it was in the first half, right. And yeah, next thing you know, it's I mean, it's thirty-eight points at halftime. It's uh, it was a phenomenal offensive effort in the first half, and uh, they just came out and executed the game plan really well. Got a couple of short fields, and just uh, and that. I think for me, the my favorite thing was the favorite drive of the game was the one that didn't even get them in the end zone. It was that uh, drive in the fourth quarter, eight and a half minute drive that uh, sort of choked the life out of them, and uh, and resulted in a field goal that made it a three-score game with about eight minutes to go. Um, that was, for me, just fun watching that drive, execution on the ground, execution all over the field. Well, and that's that's significant, too, because, you know, Concordia at that point, they, they, they'd house the block punt, and mm-hmm. so they've got some momentum at that point in the game, and, and they've got the lead down to, was it 15, I think, at that point? The, the, yep. or, yeah. And so you're thinking, well, this is not over yet. There's still a lot of time left in the football game. So, yeah, that drive, not only was it was it – impressive 13 plays 75 whatever it was yards in eight and a half minutes but it came it couldn't have come at a better time that's exactly right and i think that was in essence you know a way to kind of force feed them something they didn't like and uh uh very uh, very good use of the clock very good use of uh you know the the players on the field and it didn't get in the end zone but you know, still eight and a half minutes off the clock is is invaluable when you're trying to hold that lead, and uh, and it was a real nice late game drive for him. Talking Bulldog football with Jeff Papis. The bad news is the regional rankings last week did not have UMD in them. Uh, the Bulldogs no, did, not, did, not. did not crack the top ten. Uh, Colorado School of Mines, Western Colorado, Texas Permian Basin, Central Washington, Augie, Minnesota State, Mankato, Bemidji, Wayne State, Angelo State. And Texas A&M Kingsville were the ten teams that made the Super Region Four rankings, and you know this means that I mean, realistically, we're we're talking here that Saturday is the final game, and and, and UMD is out to to head to Mankato and try to play spoiler. Yeah, and well, it's possible one of the uh, the Texas teams may have dropped out too, but UMD as an eight and two team is certainly 
should be one that should be under consideration at least. But uh, they probably are going to have to play Florida. They must win. There's no no two ways about that. Uh, Bemidji and Augustana play each other, so one of those teams will definitely have two losses. But unfortunately, UMD will have beaten neither of them. And so the the uh, tiebreakers, strength of schedule, things of that nature, will be working against UMD having played a winless uh, team at the start of the season. But winning Saturday is absolutely essential to have any sort of conversation and about, I uh, about playing another game. I would imagine... If you're if you're looking here to try to find a way in, and you're trying to find some teams to pass, you, you'd want Bemidji to beat Augustana, right? Because at least that puts Augie at two losses. Now, granted, you don't know how the strength of schedule is going to play out and all that. They played Shatteron State non-conference, by the way, in case you're wondering. But mm-hmm. it's if you you know they did beat Mankato. That's the one really impressive win they have. They lost to Wayne State. That's their one defeat, and their other wins are not anything of of any great description in terms of strength so there's a if there's a way in it's going to be passing some teams and and i would think that you'd want bemidji to beat augie to to potentially make augie one of those well you think you you would think so but then again bemidji has the insular schedule they did not play a non-conference game and they they beat umd but again the question becomes if augustana loses the game i think you have a good point just because the teams didn't play each other so it'd just be a question of of uh, who beat who when uh, you know, Augustana beat Mankato. The Bulldogs would have to beat Mankato to have any voice in the conversation, it appears, at yeah. this point in time. But then it's just a matter of uh, you know, common opponents and how they would uh, how they would shake down. Uh, and it's just a shame that they didn't play each other. Yeah. Shattering, by the way, is 4-6 and six out of the RMAC. So uh, that, to give you an idea what Augustana got for a non-conference game. Yeah, it's better than what UMD got for a non-conference game because, as you said, Northern Michigan is yet to win. But it's not like it's impressive. I don't know. No, it's, just play it out and see what happens. Main thing is, is play the game that's in front of you, win the game on Saturday, and then see where the chips fall. And this Mankato team, uh, it feels like – maybe I shouldn't say it this way, but it feels every year like we're we're looking for them to fall off a little bit, and they don't at all, ever. Yeah, just a couple of years ago they were a four-loss team. But still, um, you know, it, they are a traditional, perennial good program now. They're one of the, the, the heavyweights in the league, and – these are the games that UMD, if they deserve to be a playoff team, needs to win. And uh, and I'm sure Kurt would be the first one to tell you that. They um, they are a, a solid team in every aspect, but they have been tested more this season than just about any game. Their loss was at Bemidji. Uh, it was a close game. It was a three-point game. They've obviously won everything else since then, but they have been tested several times. And I'm absolutely certain the Bulldogs at their best can do that. And uh, let's just see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may, as the kids would say. Uh, nine and one Minnesota State, eight and two UMD. It's a noon kickoff on Saturday in Mankato. Jeff will be there from Blakesley Stadium pregame at eleven thirty here on KDAL for what we hope is not a season finale. But either way, we'll talk to you next Monday, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jeff Papis, voice of Bulldog football, Bulldogs, and Minnesota State Mankato to wrap up the regular season on Saturday here on KDAL. It's just it, I was surprised when I looked at the region rankings. I I I freely admit, yeah, you know, it's not like I follow these teams in these other conferences. And the one that that's kind of surprising. I know Wayne State beat UMD. I get that, but seeing Wayne State with three losses as high as they are here at number eight in the super region, that one got me a little bit. I, I was uh, mildly surprised to see that despite their quality wins they do have this year. Coming up on 1023, 
More to come. Pat Micheletti about 1035 talking hockey. Bruce Siski show on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota football after this. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call. Nice is sincere. At Western National, nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer, whether it's for your home, auto, or business. And don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives? Ask your independent agent today for Western National Insurance and experience the power of nice. Golden Gopher head coach P.J. Fleck spoke with Justin Gard after Saturday's 27-26 home loss to Illinois. A lot of things go into it. Um, we talked about we had to you know, start fast, accelerate mental, finish strong. We didn't really start that fast. Uh, we didn't really finish strong. Uh, we had a chance to win it on offense. We had a chance to win it on defense. We had them in the fourth and 11 and let them out. And then one thing led to another, and uh, we just don't get deep enough at the safety position and they get over the top of us, which is inexcusable you know, for us. So I, I got to do a better job coaching that and give them credit they had to go execute you know there's a lot of things that go into the story of that game that i'm sure we'll talk about but uh i love how hard they played you know i i love how hard our team plays you know we just didn't execute and there's a lot of things that go into that every loss is tough how tough is this one given it felt like you were right there and you had multiple opportunities to finish it out yeah i mean you know we've had we've been close in a lot of games this year um, come on the winning end of some and the losing end of some others and we knew we'd be in some close games and we got to find a way to be able to finish and we weren't able to do that we were 0-1 in the illinois season that's what it means keep that mentality as we always do it's disappointing because uh you know you could say you had it you had i mean could have would have should have right we had to finish the game had plenty of opportunities too and even when they scored we had a chance to go 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 down a score and, and we weren't able to do that that's go for head coach pj fleck whose team will play at purdue this saturday at 2 30 that's the golden gopher daily update I'm Mike Graham. The Bruce Siski Show. No, I'm being told that Average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for us. On 610 and FM 103.9 ADAO. 1029. A gloomy day downtown Duluth. I mean, I considered turning the lights on in the studio. Great to have you along. Brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Sanju.com, where the cars are. Sanju Two Harbors. Sanju Polaris. Great to have them on board. Uh, We are here till 11 every weekday. Uh, Coming up in a little bit, Pat Micheletti on hockey. Uh, The Vikings and Packers both won a game yesterday. That's the first time that's happened this season, that they both won in the same week. How about that? Uh, Vikings, the Josh Dobbs story is just fascinating, right? Hey, this guy... Basically unwanted by Arizona, put on the scrap heap last week so they could start a rookie. How'd that go, by the way? Not well. Shocking. Uh, So he gets traded the Vikings. He's with the team for five days. And Jaron Hall goes in concussion protocol in the first quarter, doesn't return yesterday. Dobbs leads the Vikings back to a win over the Atlanta Falcons. What a story. That's sports sometimes, though. You see those kinds of things happen. Man alive, that is fun stuff. Uh, Packers win 20-3 over the Rams. We are expecting, by the way, to hear later today that the Vikings will be missing Cam Akers for the rest of the season. Another torn Achilles, this time for a guy who probably should be getting more reps at running back and now will be lost for the rest of the season. Gophers-Bulldogs over the weekend. Saturday was a classic. We'll talk about that and more 
As Pat Micheletti joins the radio show, that is coming up after a CBS News update at 1031 on KDAL. Miss a part of the show or you can't believe what Bruce said? You can podcast at KDAL610.com. Ten thirty-five tomorrow on the radio show, UMB women's basketball head coach Mandy Pearson. As their season getting started this week, later on this week, we'll talk to men's basketball coach Justin Wick, women's basketball graduate senior Tatum Rhodes, men's basketball or men's hockey player, sorry, TBD, North Dakota coach Brad Berry, Brad Schlossman, Grand Forks Herald, the rink live. I think we'll try to squeeze Alan Horton in here, talk some Timberwolves as well. Very busy week on the radio show. Joining us now. As we talk some hockey after a very busy weekend on the ice, Pat McAletty, good morning, sir. Good morning, Bruce. How? Good to talk to you on this fine Monday morning. Agreed. How are you? I am uh, I am good. Uh, just kind of reassessing uh, the weekend and and what happened, and uh, it, it was a great weekend overall. Yeah, I'd say so. Saturday was a lot of fun. That that That's the kind of atmosphere that we all, uh, we, we all want in this sport and we don't get it all the time which means when it happens it's pretty special well you know it, 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 it was a great game on on saturday night and you know i think uh, i think the umd bulldogs accomplished what they wanted to accomplish ideally um they would have wanted to win the game but you know i i think uh, it proved to themselves what they're capable of and uh you know, they had a much, much uh, more, let's call it, spirited um, effort on Saturday night, and it and it paid off. I would agree, and I think, I mean, I think there was some. There's obviously there's a lot going on, right? I mean, we all, right. I think we all can understand yeah. if, if there's an emotional toll on young adults after everything that's happened over the last week with UMD and, and, and the passing of Adam Johnson, and. I, I, it's weird because you, you would think it may be, it may have worked the opposite that maybe going on the road Friday a chance to kind of refocus in that environment you might have played better on Friday but it, I don't know if it's that they fed off the crowd they were able to kind of reassess after Friday but Saturday was a much I thought much more composed and, and much more intense consistent effort for UMD. Well, you know, you and I both talked to Scott before the game on on uh, on Saturday and. You know, and obviously he wasn't happy. I don't think the team was very happy, uh, you know, about their performance on, on, on Friday night. And, you know, and, and he said to us quite, quite honestly, he said, you know what, win or lose the game, I, I just want to see um, improvement in our group and, and that, you know, the care factor, the, the battle factor, the, you know, the, you know, you know, just doing all those little things that have made, uh, the UMD Bulldogs successful in the past. And, you know, I, I, I think he got what he wanted um, out of, out of uh, Saturday night. I mean, listen, it's still November, and they're still, you know, for every team across the country, um, they're still trying to figure out, you know, how do we win, what combinations work, um, our specialty teams, and, you know, all of that. Is, is all under one umbrella, I, I think. And so, but, you know, what you can't um, get away from is hard work. And, you know, it was a market difference from Friday to Saturday, in my opinion, with, with UMD. 
Yeah, and I, and I like I said, I, I think that there may be some other factors at play, but yep. but ultimately it comes down to we weren't happy with how we played Friday. We had you know we we challenged the guys, and you heard Scott say that, and you know, they yep. they did challenge their players, and and I think that for the most part they had to be pleased with what they got in response because was it perfect? No, but the the effort, the intensity level, I thought was a lot higher. Well, yeah, and you know, and in a, a small sample, but I think they phoned a goaltender too. Uh, I, mean, I mean, well, yeah, he was pretty good. As, oh my gosh, uh, you know, and you know, take take even take out overtime. Um, the the kid was terrific all all night long for uh, for UMD, and and you know, and, and that's a positive sign you look for also, right? Because at the end of the year, I don't care how good you are. If your goaltender's not making the stops, you're not going to win games. And uh, and Tyson was uh, was you know fabulous on on Saturday, as was Justin Close in overtime uh, for Minnesota. And he had to be because the Bulldogs you yep. know, they, they had that four on three power play and they generated some really good looks. And Justin Close yeah. showed why he's been in the mix for the Mike Richter Award the last couple of years and nearly led his team to a national championship last year. Really, really calm. Um, settles that decor down for Minnesota, and you know he's just, you know, he doesn't get, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, too jumpy in the net at all. He's just, he's always pretty solid, and, and that's really helpful um, uh, to a young decor like Minnesota. Talking hockey with Pat Micheletti, I, I, I muse that the, the, this Gophers team is really good. I think that it's different. It's a different yep. good than last year, right? Like. Like last no last year's team, I thought was carried by the by the higher end guys. I think this group's got a little more depth to it. That's going to be their key, you know. And and one thing we learned, Bruce, and is that every year is is different. Um, even even in bringing back a majority of the guys, it's going to be different for every team. And and that's all about, and that's why we are where we are now. Where you know what type what type of team is Minnesota going to be? in two months i you know it, it it's hard to say where's umd going to be where's north dakota going to be you know some of these teams that uh, you know pretty much everybody and so you you have to develop your own identity you have to figure out what is the best way for our team to win but but to answer your question when you look at minnesota one through four um you know all you know bob all four lines all you know didn't matter what part of the game it was in you know he's stuck with playing four lines, and and so uh, when you have that kind of depth, it can wear teams down. And I think, you know, overall Minnesota was wearing UMD down throughout the whole weekend just because of that. But you know, um, ultimately, uh, you know, the game ended up in a tie. Yeah, it did. And it was a very entertaining tie. It was, uh, yeah. it was, and I thought it was a justified tie. I don't think that, sure. you know, the, the, from a scoring chance standpoint, I, I don't think either team comes away thinking that they they were robbed of of a win or uh, of the the pairwise win or however you want to call it because you're not playing for points in these games. But it was just a right. fun hockey game and a really loud building, a great atmosphere for it. That just goes to show you, college hockey can be tremendous. Oh yeah, it? yeah. I mean, you know, it was sold out at Mariucci on on uh, on Friday, and you know, the second largest crowd in UMD history on on Saturday, and the and the and the people were into it, and it was a good, clean game. 
uh, which, you know, to my liking, you know, I'm not used to that with UMB in Minnesota, right? At least not from the 80s. No. Um, no. You know, I, I was, I was uh, talking on the air about I wanted to jump into that, that one fracas that, that happened, but, but that was the spirit of, of the weekend. It was, uh, it was hard uh, really, really good hockey, exciting hockey, and and um, you know it was it was really fun to be a part of. Well, let's, let's be honest. Uh, you look around, and you know Wisconsin went from five thousand people in the building in the Kohl Center, which was it just looked cavernous on opening right. night against Augustana, to twelve thousand two hundred eighteen for Saturday's uh, uh, sweeps, uh, sweep clinching dramatic win over Michigan. Uh, UMass sets a non conference series attendance record out east for them this weekend, over fifteen thousand at Mullen Center over a couple of nights. BC sold out at uh, Conti Forum against UMass Lowell. New Hampshire sold out at, at Whittemore Center against Providence on Friday night. Denver set a Magnus Arena attendance record over 7,000 for the first CC game on Friday night. We saw the Gophers sell out Friday. We saw the Bulldogs sell out Saturday. Uh, college hockey, Pat, it, not just on the ice, but in, in a lot of places now, the, in a lot of these markets, it's in a really good place in terms of putting butts in the seats. And, and, and the best part of it, Bruce is, you know, the the Minnesota fans love their team. The UMD fans love their team, and they're passionate about it. And we see it across the country, and that's what makes it so much fun. The ribbing back and forth, the you know, just the loyalty to the programs, and and um, you know, I I just it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful sport to watch, and and the and the and the players are getting so much better. And the parity throughout all of college hockey um, brings excitement every single night. And uh, we have to keep on doing what we do, Bruce, and, and, and promoting the game because uh, it's, uh, it, it truly is uh, – you know, a, a great game. And here's hoping that when it comes regional time that there's enough local interest at these four sites that we have the crowds like we had last year for a lot of these regionals, like, in, for example, in Allentown, which was sold out for, for that regional final because we need that too. We, we need the biggest games to be played not in front of the smallest crowds. Yeah, and, and that's a problem, and that's a problem that um, it, it's rare that these regionals, uh, you know, it was sold out yeah. um, in Fargo last year also, which – you know, featured Minnesota, St. Cloud, and Minnesota State. Well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna draw. But you know, I think um, you know, I don't have the, the 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 right answer for that. But I know it can be done. I think um, there are people smart enough to understand, and and the coaches I think have to have to play a part in this because it's their teams. They want to play in front of of large crowds. Um, there's not one I've talked to that doesn't. Um, some get a little leery about having them be in in the number one seeds home home uh, arena, but you know what? There's got to be a solution out there, Bruce, because um, it is a spectacle and and it's uh, and you know just uh, wonderful to be to to watch. I don't want to get out into the weeds on this. I I don't Me mind I, I don't mind growing the game. I I don't think we should be having regionals in Missouri and Ohio. I I, I don't right. think that grows the game because where are you going to get your fans from? It, realistically, yeah, if Miami or Bowling Green are in that regional in Ohio, you might get some people. But what are the odds of Miami and Bowling Green in their current state making the NCAA tournament? They're not very good. So you you have to, to me the answer isn't. To, I understand why ESPN doesn't want the one seed host 
interesting. It, it leads to all sorts of logistical challenges for them when it, in a short notice deal where you you're announcing bids on Sunday and the tournament starts on Thursday. That would be exceptionally difficult for ESPN. I understand that, but. Why don't we just let these campus sites bid? Let North Dakota yeah. bid. But but there's a there's a there's a limit. You can only host once every five years if you're a campus facility or some sort of a rule in place where you're not having it. You know, back in the day when it was at Yost practically every year, you can get around that. There's a way to get around that if, if you structure it the right way. And then you're you're giving these the, the these regionals a chance to be in areas that might actually draw some interest. You need to get hockey people in and uh, administrators in who truly love the game. Yeah. And and there are answers. You just rattled off a bunch of, of different solutions. You know, we are smart enough in the hockey community to come up with, with, a, with a game plan that works for everybody, that is fair for everybody, and that is the most fun for everybody and i you know i i think we can do it but um you know you and i aren't on any committees to no. get it done that said <laughs> when, when, when i'm the commissioner of college hockey uh we'll we'll figure you all these stole things that, out by the way i read that tweet of yours and you i think you stole that from me but that's you know I, i'm gonna let it i'm gonna let it go this time oh no i've been thinking about that for a long time pat uh, that we need to centralize a lot of things in this sport uh and that's one of the tv is one of them i, I i've had enough of the you know the gophers versus michigan this weekend's not going to be televised right. anywhere and it's absolutely ridiculous that should never happen and and i understand that these leagues want to make money fine we'll figure out a way to make money we're going to put them all everything's going to get centralized we're going to find a way to do it and we're also going to centralize supplemental discipline too so uh but that that's a whole different topic for a different day. Pat, I got like a minute left. Are people yeah. still are, are people done tweeting you now that Marco Rossi's a bust? Is that is that stopped now? <laughs> I, I I don't know, but I you know I still have to I have to see more Bruce. Yeah, still, I got it know, because you know just just for the fact that this is his breaking out and it's wonderful to see. But you know we we've got to see it all year long, right? Yeah. He's been great the last two and a half three weeks, and you know if he can if, if he can deliver at being a number one draft pick, that is going to, um, you know, uh, take a headache that Bill Guerin, you know, potentially was brewing in his head. To have that go away, it's going to it's going to help this team down the road, um, you know, especially when they get money and they can spend some money. So I'm really really happy for him. He's worked extremely hard. Um, you know, he he's got a drive to him that not a lot of people have. But let let's just continue to you know to go down that road and, and hope that consistency is there. I, I just know he looks like it, it, it looks like a different player, literally. Like if yep. you, it, it's the, he's not even the same guy that he was last year. That's that's a very very encouraging sign. Pat, thanks as always, buddy. Good to see you over the weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Bruce. Take care, Pat Micheletti, our friend, talking college hockey and a little bit of wild as well on the radio show. We are busy this week. And we'll wrap things up on this Monday morning in a moment. Ryan Phelps standing by for the prep update. Prep volleyball this week, state tournament. Football state tourney underway as well. All that to come on KDAL. KDAL. Listening to the latest news and weather on his computer. Streaming live on TuneIn. 10.59. We're back at it tomorrow. UMD women's basketball head coach Mandy Pearson with us tomorrow as the Bulldogs head to the Chicagoland area to kick off their regular season this weekend off a run to the Division II National Championship game a year ago. 
Later on this week, men's basketball coach Justin Wick joins us. And we'll preview the Bulldog Hockey Series against North Dakota as well. Sound off is next with Brad Bennett, Kenny Callagher. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening today. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFF, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.